call is now being recorded. And then the Cowork LWR hotline, we've got Steve Me alone. What's up, Steve? Hey, Keith. How you doing today? Hey, uh, I, I was hoping that I'd be celebrating with a new Chris Dunn on the shelf, but it doesn't look like it was meant to be. Or is there still, are there still rumblings that he could still be in, be a sixer that you're here? I haven't heard anything. You know, you're as dialed in, I would say, as I am. Um, I think at first the pick of Chris Dunn to Minnesota seemed pretty odd, considering that they have Rubio and Wiggins, and you know those are guys that are uh, you know, great at distributing and can handle the ball, but you know, their weakness is shooting, and that's not exactly Chris Dunn's strength. So it's kind of seemed like an odd fit. But the more that I thought about it, he's the perfect Thibodeau player. Um, where he brings, you know, tough defense and, and all that. He would have been a good fit here. A lot, a lot of fans are obviously, you know, kind of feel unfulfilled, uh, as we're used to in Philly. Um, but uh, I'm not that upset about it. Um, you know, a lot of off-season to go. I was obviously hoping to see one of our big guys, ideally Okafor, get traded. But I'm not that upset. I mean, you know, we still have assets. Uh, Hinky's favorite word. We could still make moves, and if not, we still have insurance for for uh, Mr. Embiid. I agree. I, I did not want to take fifty. I don't even think I want to take seventy cents on the dollar. I was okay taking eighty cents on the dollar. I don't think I want to go below that though. If that makes any sense. I'm just shocked that this guy has limited value to other teams. Okafor, I'm talking about. I mean, I, I would have thought that teams, this was a guy that was a consensus number one pick before, um, you know, we'll say during the college season last year, not this past season, but the season before it. Uh, all year long, you look on Draft Express, you look on NBA Draft.net, and their mocks all season long have Okafor going number one. So, um, yeah, it was not the consensus for a long time. Right, not until the very end, not until he started working out for teams. And, um, you know, Nokafer is also a college champion. So it's it's amazing to me that this is someone – and he also had a productive rookie year um, despite his injury. Uh, he's not a perfect player. Um, obviously, a lot of Philly fans want to see him get dealt, but it's not because he's um, not, a, uh, not a good talent. It's because he's – not a fit with this organization. He's in a logjam. So I'm just really shocked that, uh, you know, Boston didn't want to deal number three. Seems like a really good fit there. Um, uh, and I'm I'm also surprised that, um, you know, other teams weren't kind of knocking on our door to get him. Maybe they were and we just don't know. But you know, I can only go off of the information that I've been, you know, constantly hitting F5 on different blogs and everything. And I can only go off of the information that's presented to me, and you know, it seems like he doesn't have much value. It, it appears that way, especially in this new, uh, you know, everyone loves the, the term stretch four, and you know, back to the basket center is not something that people seem to care about like they used to. Yeah, yeah, but you know. You can't uh, – there's not too many guys in the league that are like him that can, you know, face up to the basket, uh, take you off the dribble a little bit, uh, can pass. Um, but, 
Yeah, I don't know. I think maybe a lot of teams, and I think Boston probably is one of them, you know, just thought like, okay, well, we have all the leverage because Philly's got to got to deal somebody, so we have them by the you know by the cones and uh, you know, and and credit to Colangelo for not panicking and making a deal when he didn't have to. So well, you say that he didn't have to, but I do get concerned that you go into the season with this and and he is healthy. So today we make no more trades, which I know is probably not realistic. But it could you do need someone else to trade with you and I would assume it's easiest to make a trade on draft night. So if you make no more trades and you walk into opening night, what's your starting five on opening night? Um sorry, one more time, Keith. If you make no more trades, which is not realistic, but again, the easiest night is probably to make a trade during the draft. What's your starting five on opening Well, night? assuming that they don't sign somebody, because I think they will. Um, but well, you're saying, assuming that there's the no free agent? Much. Assuming, okay. you know, assuming nothing happens and there's no trades, more likely. Because, yeah, they're going to sign someone like a help us, Ray Felton or something like that. Yeah, yeah. Well, I, I think if you're just talking about the forwards and centers, yeah, yeah. even if Dario comes over, he's probably not going to start right away. So you're, you're probably looking at uh, Embiid, Okafor, and Simmons, which is great. I mean, that's a great uh, front court right there. Um, but like you said, the you know the back court is really where they have nothing. Um, and uh, yeah, I, I don't know if these European guys that they drafted, the, the French guy, the, the Turkish uh, guy. If they're even going to come over, and if they do, are they going to be ready to play? It sounds like they both need a little no. bit of uh, seasoning. They're both really young. I think they're neither one of them is even twenty yet. I don't think. Uh, and I uh, know one of them is uh, is twenty or twenty one. Um, but uh, uh, so the question is, who's the backcourt? And I have no freaking idea. None. Uh, Ish Smith and Dauskas, about- I guess. I'm not as concerned about that as I am limiting the value, the minutes, and the happiness of someone like Nerland. So what you just said, if I heard you correctly, is that Nerland doesn't start and that you're going to attempt to play Embiid and Okafor together? Yeah, I mean, I think Embiid can play with anybody. He's He gives you um, – he gives you, if, if healthy, I mean, a guy can do it all, uh, literally okay. can do it all. Uh, I read a kind of a, a mock blog, but I think that it was kind of funny that they said, as of right now, what they should do is just say, forget everybody else. We're going to start Simmons at the point. We're going to start Embiid at the two. Did you see him <laughs> rain in threes in those YouTube videos? <laughs> Dario, Dario at the three, uh, Okafor at the four, and Nerlens at the five. And just see wow. Yeah, least, that would be, that be pretty minutes. awesome. Just run it for five minutes. Just, just and you know what? They still wouldn't be as long as Milwaukee. Yeah, Milwaukee's a pretty long team. Uh, I think my favorite highlight, highlight of the draft, uh, before I give you my highlight of the draft, what was your highlight of the draft? I know I what yours is, so I'm not going to steal your thunder. Um, my well, highlight of the decided. draft would have to be, and this is something that they didn't show on the broadcast, but if you go on YouTube, you could see it. Um, some Philly fans were... Uh, we're at the draft. Actually, we had a lot, a big presence there, which is good. I like that. Uh, and, um, after Boston made their pick, the Sixers fans stood up and started like laughing at all the people in Celtics jerseys. <laughs> like laughing, you know, 
thumbs down, kind of pointing and laughing. You know, it's bad when when Philly fans are laughing at you, but um, after they pick Jalen Brown. But uh, so I say that one only because I don't want to steal your thunder with the highlight of the draft, which I, I think I think I know you're going to say. Well, I got two, so I'll leave up to it. One of them was when um, I believe Jay Villa said long, and he said, I'm sorry, raise your glass, America. (laughs) (laughs) He knows that there's an unofficial drinking game for how many times that Jay Villa said long or length or tremendous length or wingspan. Yeah, right. So that was was second, but the first had to be uh, these shoes are Gucci. That's by our not our not friend Chris Dunn, but I'd also like to give a shout out to Jay Farrar at JC Petty for the suit, which was a nice fifty nine ninety nine off the rack special. So I hope that wasn't his first endorsement deal, because if it was, uh, I already don't like the decision. I think it is, I, and that's kind of like having filet mignon with a side of Cheetos. Uh, but uh, yeah, that was that was the highlight for sure. I couldn't top that one. And the shoes were, uh, you know, I, I'm not, I'm not planning on going out and, and grabbing those. As much as I love garish, ugly ass shoes, I'm not. I don't, I don't I think, think those ones would be a little too much eye popping. But, um, you, you know, I, I, my son would think that that's swag gun. My boy would say that's swag gun. Uh, yeah, yeah. It, well, it was definitely swaggish. Um, but what do you think we're gonna do at point guard? I mean, what's what's the solution here? Are we, you think we're going to sign somebody? Is it, if so, Jeremy Lin? They are. If not, why not Jeremy uh, Lin? Okay, so you know a little bit better about fit than I do. I like Jeremy Lin, the concept and the player, but does the fit, isn't he a little too ball hockey for Ben Simmons? Um, I think on the Knicks that one year he was. I don't think he's that way on Charlotte. They look pretty much like Kemba Walker create. Okay, so I think we're we're already in Megadelphia mode. I don't think that it's impossible that they at least, like they did last year with Jimmy Butler, make the call to Mike Conley. Not saying it's going to happen, but hey, maybe someone doesn't want to max him out. We'll gladly do it. We know that. Do you max out Rajon Rondo? No, no. Okay. I mean, you know what? Philangelo. Rondo would be. If, <laughs> it's an interesting question. Because Rondo would fit really well, but he can't shoot, so I don't know about that. But he would – he I'd love him on the team if he didn't have the stigma attached to him of being Rajon Rondo, of uh, being kind of a head case. But, no, I wouldn't max him out, that's for sure. Um, if he was willing to come Brandon here Jennings? on a – sorry? What about Brandon Jennings? Yeah. I'm looking at the list. As you can tell, I'm starting at the top. And working my way down. A guy that yeah. only averaged is he, is he an unrestricted free? Yeah, and he only averaged six point nine points and three point five boards or three point five assists last year. He was playing really well when he broke when he uh, tore his Achilles. Uh, maybe that's someone that you can get as like a two year deal. Maybe even if you have to overpay, because we're about to see some crazy numbers. I, I have a feeling with the cap. Even if it's like a three year forty million, I'm okay with that. I mean, it's not tanking your future. He's just taking a a a salary slot that would have otherwise went to, you know, another Furcon and, uh, you know, the corpse of uh, JaVale McGee. So <laughs> what's the difference? Uh, yeah, well, I, I think that um, I think that would be a good signing. Uh, it can give you some 
some instant offense too. He's not a long-term solution. You know, and my, I was my listening. worst case scenario. I gotta get this one out there. My worst case scenario, but being a local, I, I obviously have always liked Randy Floyd. He's not really a point guard. He's a two. That's okay. We need guards. Yeah, yeah. I mean, he, at worst, at worst, he would be our guard off the bench. And Foy can play tough defense. He knows knows how to win. He was on Oklahoma City, uh, and look at the local ties. You know, the Villanova boy. Um, sure. Yeah. I mean, that would be awesome uh, to get him in here at a, at a veteran contract. But um, you know, I, and I think he would come here too because he'd play. Uh, let, let me ask you this. I mean, there seems to be a log jam. Uh, on the total opposite end in Denver of of guards. I know we talked about Denver on the, on your first show. They got Gary Harris, who looks exactly like my cousin Dion. Uh, they have, and well, he had a good year. Yeah, right. I don't need any other reasons. Um, but they have Gary Harris who had a good year. They got um, they have uh, Moutier, and they have now uh, Murray. So. Do they need all three of those guys? Probably not. I mean, can't they? Can't can we swing something there? As far as I know, they're they're pretty weak at uh, in terms of having um, you know a physical presence uh, in their front court. They really like Jokic. Oh, that's right. They got Jokic and they got uh, Fareed, right? Well, still though, I, I still think Okafor would fit really well there. Um, so. I don't know. It seems like that was just a natural fit. But uh, um, so I have a question for you. You said, "What was your highlight of the draft? What was the like? Who's who's the biggest loser of this draft?" And uh, you player, know, I'm, I'm curious. It could be player, could be a team. Give me a player and a team. Player or team? Both. I don't know. I think it would be be remiss to not talk about what Oklahoma City did. What's going on here? Is this insurance? Is this they know he's already leaving? Or is this they're just continuously doing the the former Eagles get rid of a guy one year too early and continually always be good but never, like, shoot your load and go for it? Well, um, a lot of people seem to like that deal for Oklahoma City. Um, I'm I not think saying I don't, but I'm more concerned of what this Kevin Durant thinks about. Right. I, I've heard that that deal was done independent of Kevin Durant. I, I I agree. I I agree that it was done independent of his decision. But how does he feel about losing a guy like Ibaka, who's a different kind of player that doesn't just grow on trees anymore? Yeah. Yeah. You know, it's true. It got a lot for him, though. Um, they did get a lot. And, they got three and good they got, assets. And they got another, you know, in addition to Oladipo, and uh Ilsovich, is that the um that's the uh Ilsoy, right. Uh and uh, they also got Sabonis who can kind of fill that need of a rebounder, big guy who can also step behind the three point line and, and knock down an outside shot, just like his dad. So um you know, I, I think that uh I wouldn't put them in the loser category for sure. A lot of people would put Orlando in there. I don't think that either. I think that's a good deal for Orlando. Um, Baca is an all like Orlando, yeah, with a lot of young assets, is a team like that, a team like Orlando needs to make. Uh, yeah, yeah, I agree. I mean, that, that could actually, uh, put them into the playoffs. Oladipo is not a star yet. It's 
still still growing. Um, so I'll, I'll give you my my loser of the of the draft, and it's it's hilarious because they showed a graphic on the screen that uh, was if if you lived in uh, in the state capital of California, you'd be banging your head against the wall. But it's the Kings. And yeah, so the I Kings draft. They, okay, they get Malachi Richardson, Philly guy, great pick from Syracuse. Uh, we have a, a friend Josh who loves him, and he's a, he took Syracuse to the Final Four. He's a good player. That's a good pick. They take the one position that they're strong at is center, and they draft two centers. I mean, I think how much the best, sense? The, the the best part of it will have to be Demarcus Cousins' reaction. That's it. God give you the strength. Yeah, with the hands praying. So, so not only that, but they showed a graphic on the screen of the last Kings like ten draft picks. I don't know if you saw that. And you know, they at 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 any point, I can't. I don't think they picked higher than number three more than once. In other words, like they never had the number one or two pick. So that shows you right there why Hinky's philosophy uh, is brilliant because. And, and and Ainge did the same thing when you know when he decided it's time to stop treading water and you know you got to get bad before you get better uh, and then you know, was able to turn those assets the high draft picks and everything into uh, Garnett and Ray Allen so Hinky did the same thing we just you know we're doing it more organically I guess with with drafting the players and developing them but if you're drafting between four and thirteen every year. You're not gonna get franchise-changing ch- players unless you have, unless you get really lucky. And if you saw that graphic, there were players up there. Only two of them are still with the team, and that's Cousins and Cauley Stein. Um, what was scary is the other four have all been Sixers. Did you notice? Yeah, Stauskas <laughs> and Thomas Robinson. Yeah, but it was filled with Hawes, Thomas Robinson, Stauskas, uh, just Jason Thompson. Straight garbage. Jason Tommy I mean, Thompson was a good player, but like they got him, I, I think like number twelve or thirteen in that draft. So you have yeah. uh, that's what happens when you when you tread water, or in their case, you know, you know, uh, not quite tread water, but you don't you're you're bad, but not really bad. You got to be really bad to get really good in the NBA. It's different than every other sport. So, and it's kind of the same logic and why the Eagles decided to go after Wentz. You're not going to be able to get. Carson Wentz, unless you have, uh, you're not going to be able to get a franchise season quarterback unless you're yeah, drafting there, in the top yeah. two or three. Right, never going to have that opportunity for a long. You're not going to have it for a long time. So with the NBA, it's the same thing, except it's every year, and it's not just positional. So, um, you know, you have to you have to sink before you can, you know, uh, win an Olympic event in swimming, uh, and that's the. Um, that's that's where the Kings fail every year. Uh, last year, if you remember, they signed Rondo, they signed Bellini, uh, or uh, I'm mispronouncing Bellinelli. his name, Bellinelli. Yeah, sorry, uh, Bellinelli, uh, and uh, hired George Carl, and they have these delusions that they think they can make the playoffs or at least compete, you know, for a playoff spot with that roster. And you know, sure enough, they suck, but they don't really suck this year. So to me, Kings are as they are every year, the biggest loser of this draft. Uh, and um, I think the uh, uh, the player who ends up going to 
the like the worst uh the worst situation uh a lot of people are saying it's Simmons which I think is, is silly because you know there's so much you know there's so much uh more work to be done to build this roster around him uh but but Chris Dunn didn't seem too happy when he was picked I know he he cried and he was you know happy to be getting a million dollars and everything but I don't think he wanted to go there does are we sure he's still there next week? I mean, now yeah, they, I'm, I'm not sure. The same but... thing. They've done the same thing with their backcourt as we've done with our frontcourt. Now, isn't Rubio's value like hurt that now people know they have to move one of those guys? Uh, by the, using the same logic that the, the, everyone felt, felt like the Sixers had to make a deal, so same same concept. Is that what you're asking? Well, not. Well, not last night, but I believe they both have to make a deal before, maybe not together, but yeah. before the start of the season. Chris Dunn's not um, the kind of guy you're going to bring off the bench behind Ricky Rubio. Yeah, so Rubio might be the biggest loser of this draft. But Thibodeau's saying he thinks they can play together. I don't see that. But, um, yeah, awesome. I mean, it obviously you know, obviously puts a target on him in terms of uh, other teams saying, okay, well, you know, you kind of have to deal one of these guys. They may not, they may or may not, but that may, if that perception is there, it does take away a little bit of leverage. Same scenario we have. Right. Yeah. So, uh, what'd you think of the broadcast overall? I tend to like the NBA draft because it moves quick. But what were your thoughts? It does move pretty quick. I think they have an interesting cast of characters, and I think it was one of the first times that I realized, you know what? Uh, especially hearing John Skipper come out of it, I think missing, I can see that they missed someone like Simmons. It felt kind of bland, and I would have loved to see, you know, to remember what it was like to have someone like Simmons on that, on that show. It just felt, I mean, Jalen's hilarious, but like Jalen's thing about figuring out what the average value, the lifetime contract value of every player comp that he did was kind of funny. But then he started uh, talking about the fit with guys that were clearly not going to the team that they were drafted by. And uh, he had to get corrected a couple times, so that was kind of a concern. That's always and, funny. Um, you see the guy wearing the, you know, Orlando hat, and they say, well, you know, you're not, not going to Orlando. There should be a guy that's a hat vendor walking up and down the steps in the Barclays Center <laughs> going, get your hats here. And all he has to do is carry around, you know, about two of every team's hat and then make sure that he can, you know, get these guys properly fitted. It seems like it's a ridiculous rule that they should really have the guys like trade hats in the middle of the floor. I think it would make a good photo op. I'm sure it would get, you know, a million likes on, on the Insta. And that's really, really how you qualify if you're a success in life anymore. What it's all about. How many likes yeah. you get on, how many likes you get on Instagram? Yep. No, I mean, what more do you need to accomplish in life if you get that? I don't. I have a full-time employee who I, I thought her job was business development, but I believe her actual title should be Instagram manager. But we get a lot of likes, so I, therefore I have to say that we're successful. Well, I want to put something – speaking of likes, I want to put something out there to the people who might be listening to this. And, you know, hopefully you're you're not – we, you and I have been getting texts today from friends and saying, oh, we, I hate the draft. These are friends of ours who have watched maybe um, the same amount of college basketball last year as, uh, as you know, as the Pope did, which is probably none. 
and uh, you know they and they have opinions because they hear the people on the sports radio talk uh, shows in Philly and what these morons call up and they say, oh, you know, I can't believe that we didn't deal Okafor. I can't believe that we didn't get done. You know, I would rather have Ingram. Here's a crazy scenario where we trade for LeBron James and all we have to give up is Ish Smith. I mean, you know, that's the crap you hear all day. So I hope the people that are listening to this uh, understand that there's another perspective uh, on, um, you know, on the, on, on what the Sixers are doing and patience is a virtue here. And it's kind of hard to say because they've been so shitty for so long, but you have to be patient to, to become a champion. You have to, you can't just turn it around. And, uh, if Embiid's injury wasn't, um, if, if he was able to play sooner, we would be further along in this process than we are. If we got a little bit luckier with the ball, the, the lottery balls, we would have been, you know, probably a little bit further along. But we're here now. Now is the launching point. This is where things start to take shape. So don't listen to those morons who call into sports radio or people who comment, you know, in the comment section of, you know, random blogs online who have no, you know, no value to their opinion. Look at it from the perspective of uh, the other teams that have built themselves up uh, that are that are in the upper echelon of the NBA today. The Sixers are doing it the right way. So if you have faith, it's, it will pay off. And I do, but some things that were concerning is we clearly needed a point guard. Is the answer really that they just didn't like Demetrius Jackson or Tyler? I, I can't that believe the answer that. Here? Can't believe he fell for the second round. It can't, I mean, from Notre Dame, the point guard Demetrius Jackson. I'm in shock. Um, but I, I don't, I mean, look, I, I want to get a placeholder for this year because I don't like watching terrible basketball, but why, don't we, why can't we just get our point guard next year? I mean, what the top five oh, prospects I think are all guards. So, um, well, that's fine. You know, and I'm okay with that. I'm just wondering, like, is that the answer that they clearly didn't, I feel like they pumped it on those two picks because they got stuck taking that they really didn't want to take, that they were hoping were going to be juice for some other trade. And while they might both be long and good and everything else, it still seems like they're very, they seem like kinky picks. <laughs> that was the, the most interesting part, I think, of the draft from the, the Sixers' perspective, is that at 20 yeah. 26, that was for sure who I thought we would have taken if Hinky was in charge. Well, did you see the picture online of uh... – it's photoshopped of uh, of like a Sixers executive sitting at a um, press conference table, and it's Hinky holding like he just took off a Brian Colangelo mask. <laughs> That's so priceless. it's it's pretty clever, but uh, yeah, I mean, it seems like um, seems like these were Hinkyish moves, which I'm I'm actually encouraged by because I'm a, I'm a Hinky supporter and. Uh, I'm, uh, I think our, you know, he put our team on the right path. I mean, again, would you rather be where we're at now or would you rather be the eight seed getting swept by Cleveland with Iguodala and, uh, you know, Andre Miller no, we're, and, you know, and Maurice Spates on this team? We're definitely more interesting if, if for nothing other than Joel Embiid's Twitter feed. Um, and just thinking of like, I'm thinking of, I know we got to wrap it 
stuff. I'm thinking of the team dinners, especially if a guy like Dario comes over. Like, and if we really want the team dinners to be awesome, then we have to trade over for for D'Angelo Russell. We have another friend with that. Who says no? To, who says no to that trade? We got to get if D'Angelo Russell comes here. Uh, who says no? Well, probably LA, right? I mean, they took Russell Why? over. Him. But yeah, because they, um, they don't. Last I guess they could play yeah. Jordan Clark. One. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. I mean, it's it seemed like that made a lot of sense to me, and everyone thought they were going to take Okafor last year, and he fits there. Although they do have Julius Randle, but you could play those guys together. No, he plays, but he clearly plays center. Randle. No, Okafor. Plays he's defense. He's definitely a, no. Plays center. Oh, center. Yeah, center power forward, you know, he's kind of both. But um, uh, what I was going to say was if, if you bring Russell here, whoever gets Russell, they should get him one of those uh, uh, grandma uh, track phones that um, has – Only make phone calls. Yeah, only well, makes phone calls. Market, from what I saw on TV last night, he's in the market for a new phone because his is in the water. Get him a jitterbug. I think they're called jitterbugs. I think that's a, that's a, that's our cue that we're trying to wrap it up when we're doing uh, unsolicited, unpaid plugs for Jitterbug phones because that's uh, not our target demo. I do want to clarify. I was not paid to endorse Jitter, uh, Jitterbug. I'm just a fan and a customer. And we, we are coming to you. We are supported here. We are coming to you live from the Cobra LWR Worldwide Headquarters in lovely Lakewood Ranch, Florida. Yes, I know you have other guests coming up. Uh, I don't know if they're visiting in studio or not. I put a few calls in. You know, I'm I'm optimistic. Um, I called my friend uh, M. Jordan. I, I don't want to give it away, his name. That's probably a little too on the nose, so we'll just call him Michael J. Uh, I called him. I called my other friend, uh, K. Abdul-Jabbar, and, uh, and I, I have a text out to LeBron. I don't know if it's his number, but I'm just trying every number I can think of. One of them's got to be right. And it, one, I, th- I think I can produce one of these guys for you. I don't know if they'll bring the star power to the show that I have, but um, if I'm able to uh, to get them booked, you know who to thank. Well, you should have tried sliding into LeBron's DMs, because apparently, uh, according to Brian Windhorst, uh, that's what Rachel Nichols has been doing until she blasted him on uh, national television and told him to take that back. And she goes, you don't know what that means, do you? And he goes, I clearly don't. <laughs> oh, I didn't know about that. I'll have to look it up. Oh, it's priceless. Go watch the video. Just play Brian Windhorst, Rachel Nichols sliding into DMs. She blasts him right on the set. And he admits, I have no idea what that means. She's like, you don't know what that means, do you? Because I guess I know. Yeah, I'll check that out. That's funny. But he's uh, getting upset that LeBron unfollowed him, but still followed Rachel. Oh, right. <laughs> Man, it's crazy. All sorts of new social faux pas nowadays that we, you know, that uh, that we have to deal with, but just I want to close with again, you know, everyone listening, have faith. You know, there, there's more moves to be made. This is not the roster we're going to go into the year with. And you know, if I'm wrong, and it is, it's not the team that we're going to ride with when we're ready to compete for a one or two seed in the East and overtake Cleveland as LeBron's career starts to wind down. It's not. This is we have the we have the the right tools now. Just got to mold them. So have faith. Be patient. And, uh, you know, and remember, Hinky died for our sins. That's right. Take care, Steve.
Thank you, Keith. Take care. It's good having you on the show. See you later.